Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the Content Experience Show podcast. I am here with the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip, and I am Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. Now, today we have an awesome show for you. We actually have Jay Akunzo. Now, many of you have seen him probably speak publicly at Content Marketing World, various events over the years, um, also host of Unthinkable Podcast. And the great thing is he actually has a new book coming out called Break the Wheel, question best practices, hone your intuition, and do your best work. And he got to come by and talk to us a little bit about it and what you can all expect. And Randy, we had, um, I think, a great conversation and just, you know, a lot of frustration around best practices and, you know, the right, quote unquote, right way to do things. And I don't know, I just, I'm a big fan of Jay's approach and breaking the wheel. And, you know, I know you are too, but you guys do that all the time. I feel like Uberflip breaks the wheel with content all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, first off, thank you. I mean, you always also do that, like the always amazing. And I, then you introduce yourself as Anna. Like you're always amazing too. So we have to, you have to clarify that. Like this is, you know, it's very humbling, but. I speak the truth. I only speak the truth. But thank you. I thank you. It, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm definitely the shit disturber on my team. I mean, uh, you know, I fortunately have a team that is also very good at deciding which of my break the wheel ideas, if you will, we are going to do and which, which times we're going to balance with, you know, a process and and keep going down that road. But I, I think Jay's point is, is more so around, you know, finding that blend of best practices and, you know, ways that work for you. And that's what I like. This wasn't, as he said at one point in this podcast, it's not about being a rebel. Right. It's right. not about, you know, going against the tracks every every moment. It's about adapting these best practices. And and that that's the part is as we get into the second half of this podcast, and you know, I encourage people to to make it past our, our sponsor breaks and and keep going because we start to relate this to content. And you know, the, the challenge I threw to Jay is does that mean that we shouldn't do all of our best practice articles or our ebooks with how to do it? And his point was well, I'll, I'll let I'll let people listen to the point. Why don't we do that? Why don't we keep them on the edge of their seat and <laughs> have them listen through? I know I'm such an asshole. That uh, is so mean. I know it's very uh, America's Got Talent or you know, American Idol, American Idol of me, right? So uh, let's actually you know go right into the show here, and we will we will see what Jay said about what to do with your content. Hey, Jay. Thank you so much for joining us. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I love the new branding and Tilt of the Pod, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, I mean, massive credit goes to Randy because obviously we just got done with, they, well, I should say they, I just was there, but the Connex um, conference, content experience conference. So. I can't, I cannot escape how like uh, many people are praising that, that event. So kudos to you guys. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're, awesome. we're a movement now, right? We've got the podcast, we've got the events, we've got content. Uh, we've got the trifecta. 
Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. The other thing that was great about it though, is the thing that I think was the the biggest theme there was about sort of like fresh ideas and doing things differently. And, um, which is kind of amazing because Jay, you're here to talk about your book, break the wheel. And it's all about getting out of sort of like the quote unquote best practices and doing things that are best for us, not just what everybody says we should be doing. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to actually get my hands on the book and read it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's I'm I've been blown away by the reception so far. So so far so good. First book, but uh but you know, uh you know, we'll we'll write again five stars. <laughs> nice. That's good because a lot of people don't say that about writing a book, so that's actually pretty amazing you came out unscathed and <laughs> like ready to write another one right away. Let's say stronger, not unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how did you come up with break the wheel because I love that and I actually use that term myself as well when I do talk about like content marketing and digital marketing, but I love it. How did you come to break the wheel? So it was really born out of like one desire and two observations. And so, so let, like, let me just ask you guys this. So, so will you agree with this statement? Yes or no? Finding best practices isn't the goal. Finding the best approach for you is. A hundred percent agree. Right. I of agree. Course. I don't know if I was taught that though. Like no. I personally agree. I feel like it was all like adopt these best practices. Here's the four P's of marketing. Do a SWOT analysis. Right. Like I almost it was just like, like threw my microphone against the wall and screamed. Yes. Like that's exactly <laughs> right. It's like, cause what we're told is here's expertise, here's precedent, here's a trend, here's an expert, you know, here's a right answer. Even back in school, you're taught there's a right and a wrong answer. And so we get out into the working world and we still approach complex and creative challenges, strategic challenges or tactical like there's a right answer. And, you know, whether it's in the startup world in my own career, where I was taught that there is no one right way to build a company, Randy, you know that firsthand with Uberflip, or whether it's all these articles I'm reading about the exact right length of a podcast or an article, it's like, here's all the reasons I can't give you one right answer. So, dude, totally, that just hit me so hard. That hit me where yeah. I live. So you're saying you and didn't you're like multiple choice tests in school? Like that wasn't oh, your yeah. thing? Remember having, if you had three C's or three of the same letter answers in a row or more, it was like terrifying. I actually had, I had this strategy and it didn't work, but I'll tell you what my strategy was. It was BC Bubda, right? That was like BC, BA, Bubda. Like you can, and that was, if you went with BC Bubda, you always pass. You didn't necessarily do great, but you always pass. <laughs> All right. I am not, I am not putting my stamp of endorsement. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but the reason I bring up that statement, finding the best practices, isn't the goal. Finding the best approach for you is it's exactly to what Randy just said. We were never taught that number one, we were never taught how to do that. Right. So not only were we not told it or shown it, but we weren't shown how to come up with the right answer in your unique situation. And worst of all, in this internet era, there's more quote unquote right answers out there than ever before. And so we go searching for best practices. We go searching for conventional wisdom. We go searching for latest trends and maybe even like a God metric, a God tool, a God channel. And it just doesn't exist. And so we see all this commodity crap spinning out into, you know, in our world, in the content marketing industry, we see all that baseline bullshittery, quite frankly. And so I wanted to explore, well, how do you make the best possible decision for you, regardless of the best practice, because that, that's what matters. And there were two observations that really helped me land there. One was market-based and one was based on my, my podcast, uh, where I told over a hundred stories and tried to find a through line through them. So the market-based was like, we all want to do our best work. And yet there is still so much commodity work 
commodity content in in our terms spinning out into the industry and into the onto the internet so much trend hopping so much clinging to conventional wisdom so i'm like okay why we everybody would agree they want to do what works best for them why are we doing so much copycat or mundane or average stuff. So that was sort of the market question or observation. Somebody told me that I'm, I'm a marketer who's bothered by suck. So that, that was the first trend <laughs> that led me there. And then the show-based one, the podcast-based one, I host this podcast called Unthinkable. And the, the bent is, uh, it's examples of work that seems crazy until you hear their side of the story. And so I was like, well, what, what ties together? I did a hundred and I'm like, what ties together all these stories. Is there a theme? Is there, a, is there potentially a book or an exploration to go on deeper on the show? And what I realized is, yeah, it's all crazy. When you, but when you hear their story, it's logical. So what's the difference? Context. If all you know is the best practice or the general advice, you lack their specific context. So this innovator, this creator, this individual, this entrepreneur, they were making a decision based on a detail in their own environment to do the thing that works best for them, regardless of the trend or best practice. So it's like, okay, those two things in mind, how the hell do we do that? that that's what I wanted to explore. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, and this is, this is super fascinating too, because one of the things, and in, in Jay, I'm sure you've encountered this as well, but when you do kind of tell people that that is the right approach to take is, you know, like, yeah, okay, best practices, know them, love them, like take them into account, like, you know, but really find the best practice for you. People really get frustrated with that answer. And, and especially I've been consulting with clients for 12 years now. And every time they're like, well, what content should we publish? I'm like, well, let's sit down and do a strategy and figure out what's the best for you. People don't like that answer. Do you find like, how, how do you find that we can crack through that like psychological barrier of resisting that answer? Or how can we help people get to that answer more easily? Yeah, there, there's two types of frustration I'm encountering that I encountered in writing the book. And now I'm encountering again, and it's even more passionate now that I have the book. The first type is the person who says, just give me the answer and let me get out of here. So that's that I am not trying to serve that person at all. If you're content doing commodity work, my work is not for you. This book is not for you. However, if you're like, I really do want to do the best work possible, I find meaning in the work, as does my team, as do my customers, um, there's still some fr frustration to your point, the people you serve, Anna, they still want to do good work. And they're like, oh man, that's so tiring. So the, the change that I'm asking people to make is basically to stop acting like an expert and start acting like an investigator. And we can make it just as practical as being an expert. So an expert cares about absolutes right? You care about what works on average or in general, generally speaking. And that might be fine. It might be the case that someone's expert advice to you, here's exactly what you should create, for example, on that channel, works in your situation. But I think what you're doing in reality is you're relying on things that are close enough. It's like, they're kind of like me and I'm going to copy them, but they're not actually you. There's some kind of detail in your environment, whether it's you and your team, your customers, or your resources, some detail matters that you need to incorporate into your decisions. So like I like to say you have to contextualize an idea or a best practice. You can't just glom onto it. Jump in there. So I, I want to help paint for people listening how to apply this on a day-to-day. -day. Uh, and, and sometimes I think that's easiest when we think of real-life examples. And you've sure. had an awesome career. I mean, you're, you're out there educating and speaking to people now. But you and I, I think, first met back when you were head of content at HubSpot. Yeah. Is, is there any stories where there was at HubSpot or some of the other stops you've had at you know, some of the venture companies that you were involved with where, where you said, screw this best practice, this is what works for me? So for me personally or someone I've found? Either or. 
Yeah. I mean, the person I admire arguably the most, I mean, like, I definitely have spent the most time trying to understand how this happened and how it worked is a guy named Mike Brown, who founded a company called Death Wish Coffee. They profess to be the strongest coffee in the world, the world's strongest coffee, actually. And actually, this year, they sent their coffee to the space station. So I think now they're the galaxy's strongest coffee. Um, so Mike did two things that I think if you know coffee and know the best practice of that industry, both the product and the marketing, you would look at him and be like, that, that's insane. So the first is he used this bean called Robusta, which is actually pretty frowned upon by a lot of these people um, in coffee because Robusta is bitter. Robusta is almost too potent. Arabica is the bean you want to use. It's floral and flavorful. So most people would say you're crazy to use Robusta beans. He did. I can explain why in a second. And the other thing he did was he has this brand that looks more like an energy drink. It's like really aggressive. It's not artisanal coffee. It's like black and red and a skull and crossbones, death wish coffee. And the way he came at these decisions was instead of trying to look at all the advice out there, of which there's a lot, both in marketing and in coffee for him, he, he started talking to his customers and he realized that almost all of them in upstate New York where he lives, they wanted to like work their asses off. They wanted to work insanely hard. They wanted to work themselves to death. And they were truck drivers and construction workers and entrepreneurs. Um, and then if you pair that with a little market knowledge, so around that same time he started this company, most upstate New York cities were losing population due to jobs going to cities, except for two locations, Albany and Saratoga, where Mike lives. So Saratoga had an influx of people coming in to work really hard. And so you consider not the best practice, the precedent or the trend, you consider exactly where he lived his environment, his customers. And he said, you know what? All these people, they reach for coffee like it's Red Bull, like it's five hour. The flavor doesn't matter. The potency matters. I'm going to use that bean because they don't care about the artisanal experience. And I'm going to brand myself and compete not with Starbucks and Dunkin'. I'm going to compete with Red Bull and five hour, right? Like America runs on Dunkin'. It doesn't die on it, right? So he created Death Wish Coffee. So that's an example of like, he felt overwhelmed at first, but then slowly by slowly, just by focusing more on his customers and investigating his actual environment, his context, he actually found the information he needed to make good decisions, even though the best practice would probably have steered him away from those decisions. That's awesome. So he literally bucked, like you said, bucked every best practice, every you know, trend that was happening within coffee. And he found this niche that worked for him and it's, it's massively successful. I've actually seen, I remember, um, you talking about this before last year, content marketing world. And I, ever since then I've seen it everywhere. Like it literally is, I'm like, Oh, and every time I think about it, I'm like, they did something so crazy different and it worked. And that's what I think about them every time. It's not that he's a rebel. It's not that he bucked the trend to buck the trend. It's that he served his customers, found insights from his customers instead of experts. And that led him to do something that looked like he bucked the trend. So I want to be very clear on that. This book is not about being a rebel. It's about doing whatever works for you. And that might be a percent of the convention. It might be 100%. But most, most times, it's almost none of the convention. So for Mike, he wasn't a rebel. He was being strategic and logical. It's just that he was focused more on investigating his context than being an expert who just kind of knows the absolutes. Nice. No, good clarification. Jay, I know you have a ton more stories to tell about people who are doing the exact same thing that Death Wish Coffee did and they are seeing success. So before we get into others, though, we're going to take a super quick break to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to hear more about all of the amazing stories you have in the book, along with, I'm sure, some more fabulous tips and tricks about how people can break the wheel. So everybody stick around. We will be right back. 
Hi friends, this is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at Convince and Convert. Com. Today's podcast is brought to you by CoSchedule. I'm a big fan of the team over at CoSchedule because they are making it possible for us as marketers to live with an all-in-one marketing calendar. It combines project management, email marketing, social promotion, all in one place, which we know is so tricky when our team is not aligned. So to get complete visibility over your entire marketing schedule, keep your sanity and get more done, check out CoSchedule. You can go to coschedule.com slash Connex to get your free marketing strategy template, plus a lowdown on how CoSchedule is helping thousands of marketers like you get their sanity back. That's at coschedule.com slash Connex. Growth in your business is tough. Ads are expensive and let's face it, social media is hard. The best way to grow is to have your customers do it for you via word of mouth. But you have to give people a consistent and memorable story to tell. That story is your talk trigger. And Jay and Daniel's new book shows you exactly how to do it. It's the complete guide to creating customers with word of mouth, and it's available now wherever you get books. It's easy to find because it's the one with the alpacas on the cover, and it is Uber Flip Pink. Visit talktriggers.com slash Connex to get it today. AJ, uh, this has been an awesome conversation already. I'm, I'm ready to buy the book, but what I want to do is I want to actually bring this into the world we're all in. And because right now I'm still stuck in my mind around like my son convincing me that his baseball stance is better than what I'm trying to teach him. And he's like, this works <laughs> for me. He's like, you know, and he shows me all these uh, fancy, fancy approaches that baseball players have today. Like, yeah, they've all adapted their stance. So I think that works to your, your idea of breaking the wheel. But when it comes to content, right, because that's what this, this podcast is all about, what is your advice when, you know, half of the articles I read start with, you know, six best practices for fill in the blank, right? I mean, like it, all of our content we create is about a best practice. So does this change the content game? Do we have to just start telling people to trust their gut? I don't think you stop trying to publish articles that share best practices with others. I think that's what you're asking, right? It's like we yep. we share best practices with our audiences. So should we stop? No, because I think what we're what we just need to do is tweak what we believe best practices are. We believe their answers. We believe their blueprints. We believe that we have the answers in some absolute sense and can hand it to someone else and they'll be successful. What best practices really are is just a fine place to start. That's it. They are, they are possibilities, not answers. And so what if, you know, if I use Uberflip as an easy example, Randy, you know, what if in addition to publishing 
uh, here are some tactics that we recommend you use to create a great content experience because, oh, by the way, we have a product that helps you do that. In addition to the list of tips and tricks, you also helped people understand how to identify what exactly from that list would work for them. So rather than saying, here's our 10-step plan, adopt it wholesale. Here's our 10-step plan. And by the way, we published a piece last week that gave you some ideas for how to actually like scrutinize best practices, how to actually mold best practices to your work. You know, this is about like tailored thinking more than anything else. I love that. I, I, I think that's a great way to look at it. And it, it's interesting. One of the things that's with any content asset that's always troubled me that, that hasn't been solved is good commenting, right? You know, there's just no good commenting tools out there in the market. Um, and the best one, when you think about it, is LinkedIn. You know, people will publish something on LinkedIn and then we say to everyone, like, please share your thoughts. You know, what do you think of this asset that we just published? Like, is this, is this you know, the way you're doing it? And we get great back and forth on LinkedIn, which I think is everyone doing exactly what you're saying, Jay, is you know, sharing. This is my take on that. Uh, first of all, we need to get some beers and not just record digitally because everything you're saying, I'm like, I'm like same wavelength and I want to go deeper and more time than we have here. But what I will say is imagine, imagine this scenario. Imagine you post something. Let's use LinkedIn. You post something to LinkedIn. You're like, here's what worked for me or here's what I believe works in general, even though you might not acknowledge that it's in general. You're like, here's what works. Then you get this thread of people saying, well, this worked for me and it's a little bit different. This worked for me, it's the opposite. This worked for me, but it's only 5% of what you said. You get like more and more possibilities pour out of the woodwork. Because again, that's what all these tips, tricks, best practices, how-tos are, possibilities. What if you, to go back to your work, had this like filter, almost like a mental filter, but maybe it was physical. You could like hold it up against all that stuff and press it all through that filter. And out the other side, some stuff would come and some stuff would stick, right? And the stuff that got through, you're like, huh, okay, so this is what would work for me. Like that is ultimately what I want people to be able to do after reading this book is they're so self-aware and situationally aware that regardless of what's being shared by the smartest or the brand new person on the block, they're able to say how much that applies to them or not at all, right? I mean, that would be amazing if we could do that. So, so at the core, that's what this book is trying to do for the world. It's like, I don't want to propose my methodology. Actually, the methodology of this book is a set of questions you can ask. But if you're able to answer them, you build yourself what I call the instant clarity generator, which is a, a, a <laughs> playful term for really intuition. Trade, trade to be able to say, like, this works for me even though there's 25 experts that I feel are smarter than me saying I should do it the opposite way. I was just going to say, I love the fact that you, you build trusting our intuition into the book, because I think so often when it comes to content, we, we have this tendency to think about it or even just any digital, you know, marketing effort. We have this tendency to think of like, okay, if I do a and then B and then C I'll get D. And it's like what people don't, take into account is that we're dealing with humans and humans aren't formulaic like that. And I just love that you go into intuition because there's so many times where decisions can't be qualified with a number, but intuition is absolutely just as valuable. I believe so. But I also believe that you can either, you fall on an extreme when I say that word intuition. It's like, come on, Jay, I thought you were going to give us some ideas for our content marketing. Well, you fall on one extreme and say, hell yeah, intuition, baby. And you pound your chest. Or on the other extreme, you're like, nope. Like, come on, that's, that's, that's BS. That's like the mythical muse. So I acknowledge that in the book. And then I try to get to the root of what intuition is, is supposed to be. And, and a lot of thinkers I try to incorporate are not people that you think of as 
loving fluffy ideas. I mean, Einstein, uh, technologist John Naisbitt, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, even today or yesterday, I saw a post by Jeff Bezos or involving Jeff, Jeff Bezos where he talked about making decisions based on heart, taste, and intuition. So there are very successful people who laud the power of intuition. If you just boil it down, like distill it to its basic, most dense, delicious marinara sauce, says the Italian. Intuition comes from the Latin root intuere, which means to consider, or uh, intuit from the late Middle English, which means to contemplate. So I think all intuition is, is your ability to consider or contemplate the world. So how do you hone your intuition to then make better decisions with more clarity for you? You ask a lot of questions of your environment. You become an investigator. And again, I propose some in the book, but I also give people a framework for how to invent their own questions. So if you just constantly try to do that, like ask good questions and know what you're all about in your situation, that is you developing your intuition. And the more you do that, you know, we see very successful people do this quickly, right? The more it becomes just how you operate. It feels instant. So So less like tarot card consulting intuition, more Sherlocky intuition. Yeah. So, so to Randy's point, there's all these best practices that we are sharing as content marketers. What you should want your audience to do is to smash that on the ground and look at all the pieces and like pick them apart and be like, thank you. This is amazing. Like inside this giant gift you gave me, here's one golden nugget that works for me. You know, what you shouldn't want or expect if you're being realistic is that they follow everything to a T and succeed because you don't know exactly what they're going through in their situation. So I've got one last question for you uh, before we start to wrap up here, which is, you know, I I think a lot of people are listening to this and they're probably motivated. And I'm sure if they read the whole book, they'll they'll really see the whole piece. But one of the challenges we often have when we want to just change our whole approach is the barriers to do so. The, you know, the things telling us, no, we can't do that. And they could be internal but if we can get over that, what are some of the external ones that we have to deal with? Like one of one of them that's coming to my mind is like that boss who's like, no, you're doing it my way. This is the process. This is how I do it. This is how we do it in our company. And you're going to buy in. So how, how do you advise people to, to overcome some of these internal or external barriers? Yeah, I uncovered three different psychological barriers. Uh, Pike syndrome, cultural fluency, and something called the foraging choice, which is actually something I I learned about like literally after publishing the book. So now I'm actually using this to to help teach people because the the study just came out of NYU a couple weeks ago. One of the things that I try to be very clear on in the book is I love creativity. I love intuition. I accept all this stuff at face value, but we have to make all this stuff practical. It has to be something where we can say with confidence to our boss, hey, this is what you believe. This is what you want. Here is all of my logical thinking. And then finally, at the end, here's my idea. Like, I think we try to push through our bosses or clients and other friction around us backwards in that we give them our answers. We give them our ideas. We try to, to what Anna said earlier, buck the trend. And I'm trying to be very clear. That is not what I'm encouraging people to do unless that is the byproduct, the outcome of what seems very strategic and logical. So, you know, in addition to proposing the questions you can ask, I also try to propose how to actually position that to another boss. And actually, if people listening want just that framework, Google my name and green smoothie problem. Green smoothie problem. That is a framework for being more persuasive and convincing when you're trying to get that boss not to rely on the same old, same old, or that client not to just copy a competitor and blend in. 
Nice. So basically going back to full circle, don't buck the trend to buck the trend. But if it happens to go that way, don't freak out because it's not necessarily quote unquote best practices. Yeah. If, you're, if your customer is telling you they yeah. love long form content and everybody out there in the content marketing world is like snackable content, like you should create <laughs> long form content, right? And so what if we all had that kind of clarity and confidence to proceed even if it's against the trend, you know, in that example, it's because your customers are telling you something or or giving you signal, but it could be your boss. It could be you. It could be, uh, you know, anybody in your situation, because really your context is just you, your customers and your resources. If you became an expert in that first, all the other best practices out there serve you and you can be proactive in your work. Again, pressing it through a sort of filter to make better decisions for you. Nice. Well, I, Jay, honestly cannot think of any better way to wrap up our entire conversation today in such a beautiful, succinct sentence. You managed to accomplish that, of course. However, um, just so people know where they can get your book, because you've already given so many great tips and tricks and pieces of advice, where can everybody get it and actually digest all of this and become their own investigator um, through the book? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So jayaconzo.com slash book. You can get some quotes that are inside, some reviews from actual readers, not experts to stay true to the theme here. Uh, I actually published some playlists I use listening to music to publish the book. So you can check out my playlists, um, but you can buy the book there. So jayaconzo.com slash book. It's available October 16th, but I'm doing a pre-sale for signed copies in the US only until October 16th. Nice. All right, everybody. So run out, grab the book, pre-order it, grab it when you can. Um, Jay, thank you so much. We are going to um, go ahead and have you stick around for a little bit longer because we've gotten to know the professional side of you. We've gotten to know about Break the Wheel a little bit more, but we want to take just a couple minutes and get to know the personal side of Jay. So everybody stick around and we're going to have some personal questions for Jay right after this. All right, Jay, we're back and we, we talked a lot about the book, which I think is just something you're passionate about. But I, I always like to know people's passions. And we, we tried this question on someone recently who runs a podcast. And I know you run a podcast in Unthinkable, but you know, your, your podcast ties back to work, right? You're trying to make a living off of it. You're passionate about it, I know. But if you had an opportunity to start a podcast about just like a hobby, or a side passion. I, I know you you were like in the broadcasting space with ESPN at one point. Like, a, I don't know if you're a sports guy or where your mind goes, but if you could interview anyone around the world on a regular basis, what would the topic be? Oh man, that's so hard because I feel so fortunate to be, I chose the path I'm on, right? So I love what I'm doing now. Um, I would go back to that route I had in sports journalism. I would try to, and, and with the specific bent that made me like sports journalism, which was the human interest stories. So I would want to talk to athletes, not just the most famous or most successful, but the ones that have these like either clever approaches or quirks as people or, you know, hardships that they overcame. I'd want to tell really interesting human interest stories about, about athletes. So you're talking about like when, when I watch like American Ninja Warrior, and and it's like just before they go and do their thing, and there's this heartwarming story oh, about what they had over. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that's why when I wanted to be a sports <laughs> journalist, I'm like, I want to do that. Like, I want to do the cheesy, really like saccharine stories. And there's more. There's funny ones, you know. But like like E60 on ESPN is a show that does this, and and I love that show. And it's like, I, yeah, I want to do docu style things like I'm doing now, but I would replace the content with with athletes because I think there's so many good stories there. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Jay, I, I, I think all the content you create, whether it's back when I knew you at HubSpot, the stuff you're doing now, the book, it's all value add and it's, it's stuff that people will enjoy. So again, uh, you know, people can you know, grab that book. We'll make sure that the link is in the write-up for this for you to click on uh, for everyone listening in. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, you know, please continue to tune in. You know, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Download past episodes. And please let us know when you can what you've enjoyed. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. I'm Randy Frisch with Interact by my side and Jay Acunzo joining us. Thank you so much to everyone. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.